Oh, I've been excited. We are back. The Sprint Ride Option podcast. And hey, OTAs have started. Everything you need to know about what the 49ers are doing in basketball shorts and more starting right now. Welcome, everybody. We are live. We are live. My name is Jason Aponte. I am Andrew Pasquini. We're working. That's it. We're working over here. That's it. Let's go, Niners. Let's go, Niners. Sprint Ride Option podcast. God, I've missed that music. It's a beautiful time to be back. It's even more beautiful to know that this box was once filled by the one, the only Matt Mayoko. It is a new episode of the Spirit Ride Option podcast. I am Andrew Pasquini, joined as always by Jason Aponte. And for those of you, you, you guys should know, I was in the Philippines for two weeks. Uh, what an electric, time changes, all that fun stuff. What an electric feeling it was to wake up at like six in the morning on a Tuesday, which I don't... Not great, but to see a notification on my phone that Jason Aponte has started streaming with Matt Mayoko, that was a beautiful, beautiful thing to wake up to. So, Jason, before we get to, like, how you're doing right now, I want to know, like, how that all came together. Because that was a, a, a great friend moment. My heart was very warm when I read that notification. First of all, shout out to Matt Mayoko. And it's great to see you, Andrew. Let's let's oh. not bury the lead here, man. This is electric. I, I don't care if we were, like, making up hypotheticals. It's just good to be back talking 49ers football with you. Glad you had a blast in the Philippines. Glad you're stateside again. Um, as far as the Matt Mayoko thing, we've, we've crossed paths at the Combine, spoken. He's always been very nice. He's a very nice man. He, you know, we've always exchanged pleasantries, always had pleasant conversations. And, you know, I felt like I had built enough rapport with him to reach out and ask. Um, you know, when you're credentialed with the NFL, um, you, you get a black book, basically, of everybody from ESPN, Fox Sports, um, and every single team's beat reporters. So uh, Matt's email was there, and uh, I sent him an email. He answered right away, and he accommodated me when he could. Man, it's just it's uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Shout out to Matt Miyoko. He's uh, he's awesome, man. And I'm glad that you enjoyed that as well too. Would have loved to have had it be a sprint right option, but wow. you were away, and he just he he just happened to have it right that time. You you take Mayoko when you can get him. I yeah. I, I was so happy to see that. I figured you wouldn't. Uh, uh, it, it, as I said, I'm in the same box he was once in. So that that's really the biggest, the highest. I'm putting that on my resume. The highest honor that's been bestowed upon me has been I've shared a box with Matt Mayoko. Uh, Jason, how you doing today though? It, it's it's Wednesday. I'm very lost on days. It's Wednesday. <laughs> how how you doing? How's life been? How's the last two weeks been? It's been good. You know. Uh, holding down the fort, waiting for the season to start. OTAs at least um, have given us something to talk about. Today was the second media day, but yeah, everything's everything's good, man. The pool opened up for Memorial Day, so Avery Lee got to swim a bunch, so that was really cool, too. So yeah, everything's been fine, Andrew. Everything's been real good, real good. Real happy to see you. Oh, I'm real happy. To, I'm happy to be back. Uh, you want to you start talking 49ers football? Yeah, before people tune us out, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, you know, uh, we haven't started talking Premier League yet. Nobody's going to tune us out yet jason come on uh yeah t- today's one of those hodgepodge episodes a little bit of everything is going on all at everything all together all at once am i right jason yep. uh we got we got we got reports on purdy we got reports on what happened on the field today things like that so let's let's start with obviously the headline grabbing uh john lynch had an interview on sirius xm he had a few juicy juicy quotes on brock purdy starting with, uh, quote, there's certain markers you hit, and Purdy was 12 weeks out, and that meant it was time to throw. He did so and responded really well. Uh, that was off of one session. I I, I don't want to, like, dissect this quote too much, but the, 
I don't think he would have told us otherwise, right? Like, if it didn't go well, I don't think he's putting that out there after the first session, right? I don't think so either. But, I mean, everything that he's been saying from after the surgery to, to this, it's all been consistent. And depending on who you ask, Purdy's ahead of schedule, Purdy's on schedule. I think it's just good to hear that Purdy is ramping up and, and doing things, and there hasn't been any setbacks as of yet. So kind of just falls in line with the optimism the 49ers had. Kyle, after this, the first media session, was pretty hopeful that Brock would be ready for week one. And according to the timeline, seems like it's a possibility, which is a, a good thing. So we don't have to argue about who's going to be starting. No, yeah, and, that, and that's kind of what, what I'll get to here after we read all these quotes. Uh, quote, Brock's a worker, so these are just timelines, and timelines are just that. They're guidelines. Uh, but when I say he's tracking well, it's just he's hitting all of his markers, and that doesn't surprise us because he's putting in the work. As for best-case scenario, we're just going to kind of take it as we come. The hope is he's ready for training camp. The hope he's ready for the regular season. And that's, Jason, to your point that you just said – these quotes really, and, and, and they followed suit with every other quote we've heard this offseason. Brock Purdy's your starting quarterback the second yes. he's healthy. And I think that's yes. what these quotes say. It feels like Trey Lance. It feels like Sam Darnold. Dare I say they're the King Tommen of, of this story. He's wow. kind of stepping in, but you know he's not. He's not the guy. Cersei's going to take over at some point. And that's the situation we have here. They're not talking about Brock Purdy like they're talking about Trey Lance and Sam. And Lynch also had the quote, quote, I mentioned Trey, I mentioned Sam. We feel good about that position historically, so we're not going to do anything to put Brock in a situation where he's not fully healed. Come on, like what's the conversation at this? The conversation is Lance versus Darnold right now. It does not matter. The second Brock Purdy can throw a football at game level, Brock Purdy is going to be throwing the football at game level. Absolutely. And and again, all these discussions and arguments and receipt pulling, it's it's for naught. Once Purdy's ready to go, he's ready to go and he's going to be the guy. And rightfully so. I mean, again, I don't know how many times I have to reiterate it after what he saw, after what he saw on the field from him. How could it not be him? So, yeah, this is good news because then we can put this to bed and start analyzing this team that is loaded as so many other positions and, and talk about the, the upcoming schedule and the teams they'll be facing so we can kind of put this quarterback thing to bed because it is exhausting. I don't know how many times yeah. I, I text out and then delete that I'm going to send to you. I'm tired, man. I'm exhausted because I am I'm tired and I'm exhausted. Uh, of all the things that we could be talking about this team, the one thing that we keep talking about is the one thing that's not set up. And that's the quarterback. Everything else is in place. This team is loaded. And I think that's where some of the frustration stems from. But it still is an exhausting, almost moot point once Brock Purdy comes uh, back and he's ready to go. So it's just it's easy. Well, it's it's very backwards, right? Because in, in today's NFL culture, when you're talking about a team that's going to compete, you're typically talking about a team that's already has a an a, I don't want to say Super Bowl it has an established starting quarterback right you look at the the rest of the NFC you're talking about the Eagles Jalen Hurts established right you're talking about the Cowboys Dak Prescott established you're talking the Vikings Kirk Cousins established not saying great but just saying established and the Niners have just kind of sat in this little corner of being very good at football but the quarterback position being a question because there, I, I, can you think of a top 
five team in the NFL in the last 10 years where quarterback was kind of unsure because even to the first team that comes to my mind is the Rams that lost in the Super Bowl to the Patriots. But Jared Goff was a top, uh, not to overstretch, I want to say five, but a top 10 quarterback that season. So so to, to really have all these uncertainties at the quarterback position on a team that people essentially are giving the NFC West crown to already is a little different, right? And 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 that's, I think, where the conversation comes from because, yes, there's a million other things to talk about. We're going to talk about the offensive line here in a minute, right? The offensive line has a lot of moving parts to it that aren't so moving anymore uh, after Chris Forster talked today. We'll get mm-hmm. to that. But I just feel like we're so established in the NFL today that you are talking about a good football team. Therefore, you're talking about a team with a quarterback. And the Niners don't have that quarterback yet because Brock Purdy, while he is the quote-unquote starter at this point, he is the starter, he's unestablished. And that's what creates this weird, weird conversation because as long as there's unestablished quarterback play, it doesn't matter how unestablished the second or third string is, that conversation's going to be magnified, dare I say. Yeah, because there's not any questions about this team. No questions, nothing. Uh, and And when you have a team this good – what you should be talking about is can they run the table and win the Super Bowl? But the question is because this position, which is the most important in football, dare I say sports, isn't exactly locked in, even if there is optimism around one guy who should be starting, the conversation is going to linger. And as always, you know, I've, I've reiterated this a bunch of times. I feel like everybody knows my position. I don't care who the guy is, lock it in, somebody take this mm-hmm. job. And right now, Purdy's the leader in the clubhouse and he deserves every single chance to start with this team after what he did last season. Absolutely. And just to kind of wrap it up on the quarterback talk, because there's other spots we can talk about. Uh, Sam Darnold got first team reps today. I saw a tweet from Jack Hammer. I'm sure other people tweeted that. I'm just telling you who I saw it from. Uh, And Jack Hammer went one further, gave us those ever so valuable stats in OTAs. Uh, Darnold went 10 for 13 with two drops. He made sure to, to specify the drops. Trey Lance, six for 12 with three drops. Brandon Allen, five for five. So with that logic, Brandon Allen is the Brandon Allen's your starter. Five just five. Uh, no, I mean, listen, it, it's it's something that we kind of make fun of, but I'll, I'll, I'll give it a pass this time because this is the first time we're getting real numbers and, and real things just to talk about because we've been we've been itching for that football scratch and this is our first little bit i think the interesting one is darnold got first team reps and i believe uh, my philippine mind is is kind of cracking up lance got first team reps last week right Mm -hmm. so all's fair in love and war i guess uh jason read into something that doesn't need much reading into i mean the one thing i will say about kyle shanahan is and for better or worse right or wrong whether you agree or you don't is he's doing exactly what he said he was going to do so last week after the after the session at the press conference, he was asked, does it matter that Trey Lance took every single rep? And he said no, because there's no offensive line. There's no pass rush. Um, a lot of our guys aren't out there. And we will, we will turn it into someone else is going to get another shot. And he said, Sam, will literally get that shot. Well, mm-hmm. now fast forward to the next week, and Sam's getting that shot. And people are just losing their mind. For better or worse, no matter what you believe, Kyle said he was going to do something, and he did it. And you shouldn't be shocked at that. The question shouldn't be, why is this happening? Because he told you what it was going to happen is, why 
does he feel the need to continue to prop up Darnold and allow – that's a different separate question. That's a completely mm-hmm. different question. But going into today, finding out that Sam Darnold took with the first-team reps, I mean, the offensive line was out there, but there's no pads. There's no pass rush either. It's it's a glorified walkthrough, 7-on-7, seven seven, yep. whatever it is. Like, there's nothing that they can really do. Yep. You shouldn't be shocked by any of this. There should be no outrage. Nothing about whatever is going to happen between these two to be quarterback two has anything to do with what's happening today on May 31st. And you still have training camp and you still have to wait for Brock Purdy, all those things. It's just that shouldn't be creating any sort of outrage or surprise. If you, I know we love looking between the lines, reading into things. 49er fans have become private detectives in that fashion. But Kyle literally told you what he was going to do mm-hmm. and then did it. And, and people are like, Whoa, what do you mean? For better or worse, whether you agree or not, he told you that Sam was eventually going to take first team reps, and he did. So there's nothing to bat an eye at when it comes to this. And again, moreover to the point, May 31st doesn't really matter what happens today. That's not going to determine whoever's the quarterback two or quarterback one if Purdy's not ready. Yeah, and it's just there, there, there's so much to it. It's it's the question is, and I don't think that we're going to get the answer. Is what's up with Kyle hyping? Darnold so much that that that's something that's going to be very interesting to keep an eye on, especially as these Trey Lance trade rumors kind of keep rearing their heads. I know, I know when we get to August, we're probably going to have even more conversation with it. So we'll save the quarterback talk, Jason, because we have plenty of time to talk about who's going to keep the seat warm for Brock Purdy. You want to go into a little Chris Forster talk? Well, before that, just this other thing is, well, one day Trey Lance takes all the first team reps with the media on the first session. And then, this day, Sam Darnold takes all the first-team reps. So what are we supposed to look into here? Does that first day not count? Like, is, is it over? Like, it's just, again, we're spinning our wheels trying to find an answer to something that clearly isn't going to have an answer mm-hmm. until they figure it out during training camp. And quite frankly, does not matter at all right now at this point, unfortunately. I know you're here to hear strong opinions about the quarterback. I know you're here for predictions about what you think is going to happen. Nothing is happening right now. Nothing at all, man. And to, to your point about the raw numbers, this isn't directed at uh, whoever it was that you were you were just talking about. Um, completions don't denote accuracy, and incompletions no. don't denote um, bad quarterback play. No. So that's all I'm gonna say. P- posting raw numbers without context yeah. um, is is going to get you a bunch of outrage and and, yeah. and pushback. But if if you throw the football at someone's ankles and the guy picks it up and catches it, is that accuracy? Yeah. But it's a completion. But if you throw it right in their chest and they drop it, is that a completion? Is that an incompletion? No, mm-hmm. right? Like so, it's it's. I understand, like you said, Andrew. We need things to speak about, yes. and it's good to have numbers to speak about. But it's hard to take anything that is happening right now seriously mm-hmm. when it's only been two media days. And then the rest of the stuff that's going on through these other practices, we have no idea what's going on. So it's hard for me to figure out who's leading what, who's playing better. Today was one day. Today was it's it's losing sight of the forest to look at the trees. That's the I best like way that. I can look at that. You know, like, like you're, you've lost focus on the bigger picture because of one snapshot of one day. Mm-hmm. And just, guys, settle in. We can kill each other during training camp. I promise you. 
Yeah, and and those numbers, man, like we're going to use them less and less. I just, as I said, the excitement of like, hey, tangible football numbers. Let's talk about them. But like come June, July, I mean, Jason, we're going to go to camp together, right? We'll probably have our little notebooks. We'll mark down what the the throw numbers were and all that. And we probably won't even mention it like we did last podcast, right? Is is when we when we were at camp, we we, I think we both marked that that Purdy was whatever, Lance was whatever. And uh, who was it? Nate Sudfeld was whatever. And I don't think we even mentioned those throwing numbers. We just had them to have them. And, and yeah, so that, that's kind of the point I'm at with it is, is these numbers mean nothing. It's just, ooh, it, gets, it gets you a little excited for football season once those numbers first pop up. You know, you get, you get a little excited. Uh, you know what else I'm excited about? It seems like the 49ers have all five spots on their offensive line figured out already. We knew what the left side of the offensive line was going to look like with Trent Williams and Aaron Banks uh, holding holding guard there and Jake Brendel under center. There was some talk maybe not really about Aaron Banks because he split the he split the uh workload with Daniel Brunskill last season and then obviously the right tackle position being left voided by Mike McGlinchey signing with the Denver Broncos who just so happens to like Russell Wilson all of a sudden that's interesting playing for a quarterback he changes your opinion on him. Uh Chris Forrester put some of that stuff to rest uh on Spencer Burford quote you're not looking over your shoulder right now this is your job and I I don't think it was anything too groundbreaking. I think Spencer Burford was the presumed starter at this point. Not a ton of depth there. It's just because, as I, as we said, we, we something we talked about and something we'll never find out the answer is he did split that workload. He only played 744 snaps last season, splitting it with Daniel Brunskill. Brunskill's gone now. So, Jason, this, this more or less confirms what we knew already. Uh, but, hey, exciting for the second-year player to, to be told on May 31st said that, hey, it's your job to lose. Yeah, and, and I think Burford didn't necessarily play poorly. I think the idea with Kyle, and again, yeah. it's a, it's an out there kind of way to do it, is to rotate so he doesn't get overwhelmed and have the snowball effect. It wasn't necessarily that Burford was like blowing blocks and he was just like, we've got to replace this guy. So I'm sure they feel fine where he's at. They wanted to develop him at their pace, and that's what they did last year. So, yeah, I, I didn't really – I didn't wasn't shocked by that. I wasn't shocked by what he said about Cole McKibbitts either. I mean, if if you needed any more confirmation, there it was. But their draft plans and not adding anybody in free agency, I, I think that kind of just signaled exactly what was going to be happening. Um, when you don't, when you have a chance to get a Blake Freeland at right tackle and you pass on him, I think you pretty firmly put Cole McKibbitts in the driver's seat. So I, I wasn't shocked by either of these things. But I guess it's nice to hear that there's confidence about McKibbitts and Burford. So those are probably the two spots that you maybe feel. I don't even want to say hesitant or less excited about, right? Because Trent's Trent. I think Aaron Banks has proved himself. Brendel's certainly played himself into the contract that he got, and he played all all the games. So it's good to hear from those two guys. So, yeah. Yeah, and and the McKivitz thing was going to get to that. You, You jumped on it. It, which is totally fine podcast. We do that. I don't know why I went on that tangent. Uh, that, that that was something that just, it's good to be confirmed because we talked about it last off season. We didn't really know what was going on with most of the offense. The entire interior of the offensive line really felt like it was something that we went all the way up to preseason, almost the regular season of, okay, who's the left guard? Who's the center? Who's the right guard? And so now entering June, June's tomorrow, 
we've we pretty much know what the 49ers starting five of the offensive line is they can go into practice they can go into camp they can go into preseason knowing hey this is my job it is my job to keep it as opposed to worrying about a position battle that that existed last year i think that's that's very good especially for an offensive line that i think Trent Williams is the only one who started a game prior to 2021 off the top of my head. That, that feels correct. I, I think McKivitz may have had a start here or there, but in terms of consistent starting, uh, Trent Williams is the only consistent starter left from prior to 2021. So this is a lot of reshuffling on an offensive line with a lot of younger players and Banks and Burford. So we'll see what it actually looks like come the regular season. But to me, it's 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 very, very positive that we know who the core five is at this point of the offseason. We know everything, Andrew. We know everything on this team except for except for the quarterback. That's it. And and that's the thing is yeah. As long as as long as look, just Brock, just come out and just take this job and just like can we just stop? Like I, I don't have a rooting interest in this. I just want the conversation to stop. That's all. Yes. So what when, when you have all of a sudden, now you have your your offensive lines lit. It is lit. Your linebackers, your safeties, your your corners. Everything's set. Your coaches. Everything's set. Um, everything but the most important position. So that's why we keep harping on it. That's why we do. But Jason, do you have any anything else from uh, Forrester's? Oh, I had one more thing. Actually, I lied. Mm-hmm. Ha ha ha! Uh, undrafted free agent Joey. Fisher is going to be a guard, not a tackle in the NFL. And I don't think that's necessarily newsworthy. A lot of the scouting reports I was reading uh, entering the the draft said that about Fisher, at least post-draft. I didn't do much research on Fisher until the Niners signed him. Uh, It is noteworthy, though, because he played all 43 of his career games in three seasons at Shepard at guard, or excuse me, at tackle. So it's it's just interesting to see the thought process that goes behind on what makes a player an NFL tackle versus college tackle. So, so, so that, that, that was the last thing I had of note for Forrester. Well, Burford does the same last year. He was a tackle and they moved him over to guard. So I think it's, it's about the translation between your skill set and your, your physical attributes more than anything, right? Like you, you might not be big enough to be a NFL tackle. You might be too small to be a tackle, right? Like you have to play guard. So mm-hmm. it has a little bit to do with that. We'll see. I mean, the 49ers are insulated, I think, at that position. Uh, you got Feliciano. You got some guys there who can step in if, God forbid, something happens. Do miss uh, Brunskill, but uh, it's clear that uh, Rand Carthan understands his importance. That's why that he signed with the Titans. Jason, I'm going to pivot to another important camp battle, one that I know you've been paying attention to, which I think mm-hmm. gives away what I'm going to say here. The kickers. Jake Moody today went four for four, 33, 38, 43, and 53. San Gonzalez was three of four, made from 33, 38, and 48. He missed from 43. Per Grant Cohn, Jake Moody seemed like all his kicks were traveling 70 yards at least. Uh, and probably my favorite quote to describe a kicker, Grant said, quote, I felt like I was watching a home run derby uh, in terms of Jake Moody kicking field goals. Um, I, I think this is pretty obvious at this point, Jason Aponte. I think I think Jake Moody's your your kicker for the 49ers. I know you're shaking your head no, but it no, is a camp that. battle. Not that. Not it's that. A, I, asked, I asked Matt Mayoko, why is Zane Gonzalez here? Okay. Like, seriously, is there a chance that Jake Moody can't win this thing? Why don't you cut Zane Gonzalez and take a flyer on a football player who can help you? 
because Jake Moody better be the guy that you think mm-hmm. he is at the third round. And I think it was Chris. No, it was the special teams coach Schneider that said the 49ers evaluated 27 kickers. Okay. <sighs> Jake Moody, this is your job. But why are I you? I hope Harry Kane was one of them. But why are you here, Zane Gonzalez? Seriously, like I, I, you can have a guy who, another running back, another lineman, another line. You can have any football player here now. Like, is there a chance that Jake Moody doesn't win this job? Is there? A ch- no, there's no chance. That's the, the, the would be the worst thing that ever. He would have to turn into a pumpkin. So this whole idea of a kicker competition doesn't really bother me. It just no. it feels like another roster spot that could be given to a football player because Jake Moody's your kicker. It's yeah. done. Yeah. And, and he better be for what she's been for him. So whatever. Yeah. That's all I have to say and that, that was just in a way to segue to something I wanted to talk about really quick. And, and something that that's come up on this podcast in the past regarding touchbacks. I know Jason, we live, this is intriguing football talk mm-hmm. for you. Yep. Uh, the Niners weren't very good at forcing touchbacks on kickoffs last year. It was to a point where Jason, I'm pretty sure would say on this podcast, just kick it into the end zone, man, take the touchback. Who cares? It's going to be significantly easier in the NFL this year to get a touchback. They're testing the new college rule where if you call for a fair catch within the 25-yard line uh, on a kickoff, it's just a touchback goes out to the 25-yard line. I know not a lot of people like it. They're, they're killing kickoffs, man. We hate it. Uh, but before I left, I wrote an article for NinersNation.com. We still write for them, Jason Aponte. Mm-hmm. Uh we do. We absolutely do. It's the off season, but we create content. We dare I oh call us maybe creators of content. Judd, uh, maybe he's a mentor. Judd, Judd for a guy who's for a guy who's going to be bagging groceries in a week. Respectfully, a kicker needs no a mentor. Oh my uh, but anyways, God. I wanted to get to my my thing. It's on not Obi Wan. It's not Obi Wan and Luke Skywalker. Nobody's in their feelings. I literally just laid it out normally. My goodness, uh, I feel like uh, you guys want to rent me up. I, that's what happens when we accidentally create the brand spicy Aponte. Uh, no, just real quick. I wanted to get through it. Uh, Moody had 200 kickoffs. I wrote this for Niners nation. Moody had 200 kickoffs from 2021 to 2022. The traveled an average of 62.3 yards resulting in a touchback 65 and a half percent of the time. That's a 25% increase on the 49ers last season. Uh, and then I made sure to say, keep in mind that in college, a fair catch can be made anywhere between the goal line and 25 yard line resulting in a touchback. No, I did not watch each kickoff to distinguish what would be an NFL touchback versus a college touchback. NFL saved me there. They're all college touchbacks now. Expect about a 65.5% touchback percentage from Jake Moody. Far cry. Uh, so you want to talk about a real position, Jason Aponte? Uh, where do you want to go? I got I got running backs. I got Ayuk. Well, I actually had some, I, I had some thoughts about that kickoff rule. It, oh, kickoff. It's, not about, okay. it's, it's not about that. It's about the NFL, like being completely hypocritical about caring about player safety and saying, you know, we can flex you with Thursday night game, mm-hmm. you know, Oh, let's, let's stop the kickoffs. But if we want to, we're going to flex you into a Thursday night game. It's so hypocritical yeah. to care about player health. I, I'm sick of it with the NFL and that whole idea. You, you kind of take one of the, one of the best, the best plays in the NFL yeah. out. Yeah. And I think that's the part like, if the, would Devin Hester in the Super Bowl have called for a fair catch on the first play of the game against yeah. the Chicago Bears and taken it to the crib? Like, you're taking one of the like I understand the physicality of the sport, but you want to play your health, right? Like, but it's like, dude, 
why are you so hypocritical about this? Yeah, I think, I think players know what they're getting themselves into, and this isn't going to really save anybody. And and to me, like some of the most identifiable players of my childhood, right? Dante mm-hmm. Hall, Devin Hester, right. Alan. It's Rosen, one of the most exciting uh, plays in Cole the NFL to kick Patterson, off. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, there's a lot of very good NFL players that nobody would really know about. But hey, you can't. I don't think it's because you can't profit off of kickoffs. You profit off of Thursday night football. But, but player sure. safety team. But anyways, not, neither here nor there. Hey, running backs, Jason Aponte, uh, Jordan mm-hmm. Mason took first team uh, snaps today. Uh, if you bought in with Jason Aponte last offseason when he was telling you about Jordan Mason, it's time uh, to just buy in on it because it sounds like he's doing pretty well. Yeah. And then Elijah Mitchell didn't practice, reason unknown. And, and that just doesn't feel great. I know it's very early on, uh, mm-hmm. but but Elijah Mitchell, it, it, it tends to leave a lot of rooms for speculation. I know it's probably nothing. It's probably just a week off, but uh, – Elijah Mitchell's had a very up and down career with the Niners and, and he's entering what year three it's mm-hmm. year three now, I believe. So he's got two years left on his contract before the Niners make that decision. So I, I don't know where it goes because the Niners running back room is pretty full right now with Christian McCaffrey, with Jordan Mason, with Elijah Mitchell, with Tyrion Davis price. Um, we'll, we'll see where it goes very early, but it's good to see Jordan Mason getting those first team snaps. Well, Jordan Mason's a lock for this team. You know, when you think about his contributions on special teams and what he's been able to do, it, the Elijah Mitchell thing, he just needs to stay on the field somehow. Yeah. He's been injured every single year that he's been here, unfortunately. So I just – I think the person that we need to worry about is Ty Davis Price, who everybody kind of understands, you know, Trey Sermon got pushed out the door by basically Jordan Mason. And if the young man that they have that's an undrafted free agent – can do the same, then you've got to cut bait. So it's tough, man. I I just, it's hard to look at this running back room and say with certainty, you know, Christian McCaffrey played all 17 games. It's going to be hard to envision that happening again, just because of the physical nature of the running back and how much he touches the ball. Elijah Mitchell is going to be vital in, and so is Jordan Mason in keeping McCaffrey fresh and using him for, the certain situations and and the most effective time. So, um, yeah, I mean, Jordan Mason's a lock for this team. He plays on special teams, and he he may be the closer. But it would be really nice to get Elijah Mitchell on the field much more because it would be such a benefit to Christian McCaffrey. And you could even get crazy. You know, Christian McCaffrey, um, Kyle Juszczyk, Elijah Mitchell, all on the field at the same time. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, it's unfortunate because when Mitchell plays, he plays well. And, and he he's very good in the scheme as you've seen but the injury thing man it's it's a little bit concerning at this point he's got to really put it together and even too maybe on the flip side of the McCaffrey thing it's maybe you think about it because a lot of what Kyle Shanahan has had in the past five years six years since being with the Niners is pretty deep running back rooms where he had three or four guys he would consistently go to with McCaffrey it could be fully possible but that the third running back in a Shanahan system doesn't get nearly as many touches as the second and and creating kind of the first ever two running back system we've seen under Shanahan so it's just going to be that much more important for Elijah Mitchell to stay healthy this season because if he doesn't stay healthy it's fully possible that Jordan Mason just takes his spot and maybe the third running back doesn't get as many touches as other players. Yeah, and I mean, the only people that should really be concerned about touches for Christian McCaffrey are fantasy football players, but that's not my business. Uh, the business yeah. of winning is based on having him on the field. When you Even before Brock Purdy was on there, the, the offensive lift 
that he gives you because of how versatile he is, because of how good he is. You need that all year. And more importantly, you need that down the stretch. You need it in playoff time when the offense isn't going to cook as much because of, of better defenses. So, yeah, I think it's important to make sure that, that all of these guys stay healthy, especially because while we're optimistic as Brock Purdy, if it's someone else and you really got to lean on those mm-hmm. running backs and you really got to lean on the run game a little bit more because we haven't seen either of those two quarterbacks be as effective as Brock Purdy, even in his short time. Going to pivot hard to the receivers, namely Brandon Ayuk. He impressed earlier today in OTAs. Four receptions, including a 40-yard reception against rookie uh, Darrell Luter on a go route. Uh, I read uh, Jack Hammer also made sure to point out uh, Lance's throw was a little short, but Ayuk adjusted to make the play. Uh, and, and really, the big thing I wanted to get to is everybody's favorite thing of content creating is just individual quotes with no context it's just you know you can make the graphic quote i'm about to take off that's it and that's brandon Ayuk. so i don't know he's about to take off that's about it well there's 10 million dollars still on the book so if they don't need to use that and they can rotate it over into you know roll that over into next year with the cap increase then we have a chance uh to bring him back i want brandon Ayuk back Mm -hmm. um i hope he wants to be here i hope they figure it out and uh yeah i didn't really need I didn't need OTA reports to tell me that Brandon no. Ayuk is playing well or anything like that. I think he's going to be just fine. You know, and the Niners are very they, – they have a very interesting situation coming up with receiver, not to start the conversation too early. It's something I've said privately to you, Jason. It's something that I think other people in the group have said. Just throw it. it out there. You said I, it. I, I think I'd rather keep a Brandon Ayuk than a Debo Samuel at this point. And that's a conversation that will be had next offseason, likely. It's it's way too early. But to hear the very early reports on what Brandon Ayuk is saying and, and, and what he's doing on the field after his first 1,000-yard season with, with you know, a hodgepodge, second time I've used that word, a hodgepodge of hodgepodge. quarterbacks, got to make you feel pretty good about what he's going to do in what, year four now? this year four yeah because they just picked up his fifth year option mm-hmm. year four now so so we'll, we'll see what he looks like i'm really excited uh speaking of another player i'm really excited about drake jackson uh matt Mayoko tweeted that he increased his strength this offseason uh jackson himself said he hit 415 in the squad and 315 on the bench press I, I don't have I don't have I, I don't have any other context behind those numbers i don't know what his personal best before that uh the idea of hitting 415 on a squat rack as me andrew pasquini makes my knees hurt and and that's really all i got on that it's what we call tuesday around here andrew uh yeah <laughs> it's just a regular tuesday for me to hit 415 on there no when, when you look at drake jackson and the you can see the obvious skill set he did need to put on weight and that was one of the concerns you know immediately coming into his first year needed to add to his pass rushing bag and just be a little bit better at run defense, and he could be on the field three downs. Everything that we're hearing is on par with what he needs to work on, and that's just a good sign. Again, like, if it translates into a big season, that's great, but they're clearly banking on him, and as of right now, there's nothing to complain about because he's doing everything right. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited about Drake Jackson as well, too. If he takes that leap and becomes a player that they think he is, that $10 million that they're going to be saving because they don't have to spend on an edge rusher becomes – now you can really get greedy during the middle of the season if you want to go for someone who can really put you over the hump for a one-year deal like expiring contract. That that opens up so many possibilities. So the, the Drake Jackson thing, you can tell they were really relying on him. They didn't draft anybody. They didn't sign Leonard Floyd, Justin Houston, Frank Clark, Jadavian Clowney. Like, there's a lot of guys out there who have played a lot of good football for people. 
So they're, they're, they're clearly banking on him. Everything we've heard is great. That's great. Uh, my last note on a player going from one young defensive player to another young defensive player, Jair Brown, reportedly has multiple interceptions. Uh, none have Still happened take. during the media sessions, but uh, the reports are saying multiple interceptions. And Gibson, you know, he he's getting he getting a little long in the tooth, and, and maybe this is a conversation that we start having early on. Uh, I know when he was drafted, we floated the idea out there of maybe one year for Gibson, kind of like a Hufanga Tart situation. You have both on the roster. One takes over. Maybe my very early take in May 31st, a day before June 1st, is Jair Brown should just be the starting safety? Too early? No, I I think um, from everything, when I spoke to him, it sounded like they're going to find a way to get him on the field. And even when you look back at that Hufanga Tart situation, Kufanka was getting on the field. Like, they were finding ways to get him on the field, and I do think you're going to see that. Like, I don't think they're going to discard Gibson. They signed him to a one-year deal for a reason. I think he'll play. I think he's perfect to play center field in the single high. But I do think you're going to see him a little bit more, perhaps without a slot corner, perhaps using his ball-hawking skills and how fast he plays, have him and Hufanga roam around the box, causing havoc. Uh, I definitely see Jair getting, getting snaps this year. If he continues to play well and grow, you'll see those snaps grow. The 49ers have not been shy about that at all. So I know while it's easy to look at, hey, you know, they have someone here. They're going to replace them. It's been pretty clear that when they have their guy, and, and trust me, Tig is their guy. They love him. Mm-hmm. If he's their guy and he's playing well, they're going to find him. They're going to put him on the field, man. So I, I, I'm i really excited to see him grow, and I'm happy to hear the reports because that's exactly what he sounded like he was really good with and what he's going to do and what his skill set is suited to with this team. Jason, that was the last player I had notes on. Was there any player, any position that I did not touch on that you wanted to touch on a little bit before I moved on to kind of, I don't want to say the big news from today's camp, but kind of the news that, that got some heads to turn. No, not really. I mean, it's, it's tough. Again, offensive line is out there, but there's no pads. You can't figure out how guys are winning. There's no pass rush up against them. We're going to figure all that out in training camp. It, this is just, again, ramping up OTAs. It's good to see guys there. It's good to see Debo there, even if he didn't mm-hmm. practice. It's good to see Ufanga back. It's good to see the guys there. Again, this is voluntary OTAs. They don't have to be there as well. So, I mean, not really too much. It's just good to talk about football. It's good to talk about, you know, players playing football um, as opposed to Here's what we think is going to happen when they play football. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's the best part about this. Uh, so, yeah, so there was a situation today, uh, uh-huh. Niners camp. Uh, according to Matt Mayoko's Twitter, a guy who did a YouTube show with Jason Aponte, subscribe to Jason Aponte's YouTube channel when you get the chance. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast as well, anywhere you get your podcast. Quote, unique scene at 49ers OTAs today when Kyle Shanahan ordered NFLPA player director Dwayne Allen off the field. The two men exchanged words, bringing practice to a temporary halt. I understand they later met and cleared the air. Allen was standing with the players and coaches of the actual on the actual practice field when Shanahan approached him. Allen watched the remainder of practice from the sideline. I, I like my coach trying to get in fights. I'm here for it. Honestly, maybe maybe not the player director of the NFLPA, maybe boxing a little too high, in my opinion. But uh, I'll, th- I'll take my head coach trying to fight people. Who cares, man? Coach is ornery sometimes, man. Like he just, he just, he's a little bit fiery when it comes to that. Like he kind of like blacked out during the Seattle game and was trying to like bump Seattle players after after um Ayuk's ankle got twisted. Um, I'm sure he's fearing some sort of OTA 
being taken away from them, any of those those activities. The same thing happened with the Patriots for too much yeah. contact. The uh, contact, the 49ers have had that happen before, um, as well too. So, uh, I think I think coach is just you know, he's a little angry and he's just trying to make sure that he doesn't get anything taken away. I mean, good God, man! I I mean, if he's this fiery right now in the second week of OTAs, you better get out of his way during the season, man. Yeah. He's gonna kill somebody at this rate, huh? I I um. Yeah, man, I I want a friend like Kyle Shanahan who just mm-hmm. like he's very chill when you're on a boat in Mexico somewhere, but he, he stay away from him, right? Like that's just very very ornery for you know you know why alligators are so angry all the time? They're so ornery all the time, right? Jason? Medulla oblongata. Yeah, they got the enlarged medulla oblongata. Maybe maybe Kyle Shanahan has that enlarged medulla oblongata because I'm pretty sure he doesn't have all those teeth but no toothbrush to brush them. We've devolved into water boy. Once again, mama's wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But but, hey, man, I I appreciate seeing the fire in Kyle Shanahan this early on in in, in camp, and we'll absolutely see what happens as camp progresses, Jason. We'll be here to talk about a lot of it. Um, it's, it's good to be back. I'm very excited to be back. I'm very excited to be talking 49ers football and it, it, tomorrow's June, Jason, which means tomorrow we're a month closer to preseason. We're a month closer to the game starting. We are, we're in that sneaky area of football's almost here, but not quite almost here. Uh, I think it's 99 days away from kickoff, uh, for that yes. exciting lions chiefs opener. So yeah, man. Feeling good. Feeling good. I love this for us. Okay. Now let's get to the real the real things that people want to hear. Okay. Aaron Judge guy's really good at baseball. Aaron Judge really good at baseball. Really. Nowhere near Casey Schmidt or Patrick Bailey, but we're feeling real good. Didn't have to spend $360 million on those guys. Worth every penny. Uh, yeah, man. Baseball was very hard to follow in the Philippines. Uh, basketball – yeah, dude, I well, it's very hard because you know when I wake up at you know it's eight a.m. It's five p.m. out here. You know I got to get my day started out there. I had a lot going on. I did not watch any baseball, uh, but I did follow. The Giants were hot the whole time, and now that I've come back, it's it's one to three. Uh, Harold, I know I was late, but did anyone see the Court Warner review on Purdy? I saw tweets, Jason. I'm sure you saw a little bit more than I did. I saw it. Um, I mean, I don't think anything that he said was really wrong. You know, I, I don't know what everybody's all up in arms about. Again, um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't have. I don't have strong opinions about whether he's a dink and dunk quarterback. I think again, what we know about this offense is Kyle Shanahan's a star, and if you're the quarterback, you need to take a back seat to Kyle Shanahan and operate his offense in the fashion that he wants you to operate it. The quarterback is not the star. This is Kyle's offense. He's the star. I really don't think that there's anything that needs to be said more than that. It doesn't It doesn't have to go like to, oh, my God, is he this, is he that? He is operating the offense as a function of the offense. He is a cog in the machine. That's why the quarterback position has been evaluated, paid, taken this way, is because you need to be able to operate the offense, and Brock Purdy operated this offense to the highest level that the 49ers have seen any offense in a long time. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really take anything any, anything away from it that I didn't already know. I just I just think the the rush to kind of take down what Purdy did 
as if anybody can do it, then why didn't the guy before do it to that level? Why didn't the guy before that do it to that level? Why, you know, like I understand we're talking about quarterbacks who not aren't necessarily good. I'm not talking about Jimmy Garoppolo. Shout out to Jimmy, come home one last ride ten. Um, <laughs> the fact um, the fact that we have a backdoor cover of Jimmy Garoppolo playing football for the 49ers again is just honestly yeah man it's that one thing that like we could people who've listened to this podcast for years know how much we hate talking about jimmy garoppolo but like at this point just bring it bring, bring it, back it on who cares just man see people lose their minds uh, need it need Zane it more gonzalez is gonna have to change his number aha uh-huh. to give sense to two players not just one is just a huge disrespect to jimmy garoppolo no but in terms of Brock Purdy, it's just I, I don't understand the overanalyzing of what he is when we knew what he was last year. Yeah. Like, this isn't anything new, right? Like, he operated this offense to the highest level that we've seen, and I don't think it really needs to get deeper than that. It doesn't need to turn into, well, he's this, well, he's that, well, he's that. I think we know what he is, but the reason that he is what he is is the reason that he's the leader in the clubhouse and the quarterback one because he was doing things that nobody else was doing with this mm-hmm. offense. Now you can say, yeah, sure, Kittle, you know, McCaffrey, you had a, of course, any quarterback is going to have those luxuries going forward. But I do think that Purdy deserves all of this. And I just don't understand the rest of kind as, of nitpick his game at this point. I don't understand. Yeah. The, I don't see the point of nitpicking his game. That's my thing. As weird as it sounds, and, and I think this is going to make, and Jason, this doesn't make sense. Please tell me. Uh, I don't think skill level or athleticism is the number one priority for a Kyle Shanahan offense, specifically by Kyle Shanahan. Like, sure, he would love to have the guy with all the tools, but I think for him, he prioritizes guys he knows he can run his offense and he trusts to run his offense. And nothing against Trey Lance and what he may or may not be, but obviously there is some level of discomfort with everything he has said about Trey Lance and everything that has has been shown obviously in the past two years with Trey Lance here to a point where they're bringing in a guy like Sam Darnold who who might not be the best NFL quarterback but obviously Shanahan has that level of belief that that Darnold can run this offense so it, it might not come down to what a quarterback can do physically but more so mentally and knowing where the ball needs to go at any given point. And that's the thing. It's like, you know, you can I watch back the Seattle game because I have a project with uh, Brad Graham because there's a there's a large discussion about the way to defeat Brock Purdy is to run cover one man press robber. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm on a mission to figure out where this came from. Are people just throwing out coverages that they think will work because a robber's supposed to take away the crossers? But yeah, the first throw in that game, he threw it behind Brandon Ayuk. That's probably nerves. It was also raining. Like it's I don't understand why we need to nitpick his game unless you are using the nitpicking to predict the future, which I got bad news for you. If you're trying to predict the future about the quarterback position, you're probably going to have a rough time because anything and everything will happen. So, yeah, I mean, it's just uh, I saw Warner's video. It's very insightful as usual. Kurt Warner, Hall of Famer, played very well. But, uh, yeah, I just just think, again, we're at this point of the offseason where – you know we've got to find ways to talk about things, so I'm I'm, I'm good, man. I, I'm I I have nothing bad to say about the kid. You can oh you nobody's perfect. You can always improve on things, but still, it's clear Purdy should be the starter. I don't think that there's much debate when yeah. it comes to that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so the, I mean, there it is. There, oh, there's I love a this. Right option. Uh, just, uh, quarterbacks. He's, what's what's Bill Belichick doing right now? Patrick Mahomes. You know, Andy Reid doesn't win until Patrick Mahomes is there. You know. Yeah. Um, 
And that's kind of the, the perplexion of this question, right? Because we're talking about Kyle Shanahan molding the quarterback to him. Mm-hmm. This is kind of the paradox of it, right? Is I absolutely believe quarterbacks are the one who win the Super Bowl. I believe in Kyle Shanahan and who knows, maybe Purdy develops into that quarterback. But yeah, you're absolutely right, Mike. Like quarterbacks do win Super Bowls. And that's kind mm-hmm. of the fun, the fun, the fun thing of all this in the Kyle Shanahan conversation. And I don't disagree with that. I, I've said many times that the 49ers are trying to do something that isn't typical. No. Look at the Super Bowl winners. Mahomes, Brady, you know, Jalen Hurts was in the Super Bowl. Joe Burrow was in the Super Bowl. Matthew Stafford won a Super Bowl. The, I mean, Matthew Stafford isn't exactly like in the elite level or anything no. like that. But you notice a trend of where this league is going in terms of who's going to be playing in that last game and who's going to be winning. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, it's the guy who has the better quarterback. And Mahomes is on one leg. And they found a way to dice up that Eagles um, secondary. Obviously, I am comparing someone to one of one, which is Patrick Mahomes. But the 49ers are trying to do something that nobody else is doing in the league, which is build out their roster with as many studs as they can, pay the quarterback as little as they can, and try to hopefully find that way to win a Super Bowl. So, um, yeah, I mean, the debate will rage on. Um, You know, again, when you pay a quarterback and you have an elite guy, you can't sign Fred Warner. You can't you can't keep Eric Armstead. You can't have all these guys. So that quarterback has to cover up whatever deficiencies you have on the offensive or defensive side of the ball mm-hmm. by being a difference maker. So it is something interesting the 49ers are trying to do, but it's not typical or conducive to winning Super Bowls lately. I, I, I can't say it any better myself. Absolutely. There I, it is. Uh, this is like the chicken and egg. Yeah, exactly. Like it, it's just, it's, 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 listen, we're going to swing back in 15 years where coaches are going to be run, winning Super Bowls and we'll have the exact opposite. Conference. It, it's, the NFL is a pendulum. I take that as you may. Hey, Jason, can I, can I plug something really quick before I forget? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, Cause if I don't plug it, I'm not mentally going to do it. But if I tell YouTube, I'm going to do it. They can hold me accountable when I lie. Uh, I'm planning to start a YouTube channel. Oh, uh, yes. I, we, I've been talking to you about this. Um, Wrestling? So that's kind of the thing of it. It's just kind of be whatever I want it to be. It's not like I'm going to go live or nothing. It's going to be 10 minute things of just me thinking uh, whatever sport I want to talk about, just because it's nothing serious. It's not going to be uh, it's not going to be as serious as the Sprint Ride Option podcast, but I'm going to try and have some people on to have fun. Uh, it's just going to be whatever it's going to be my brainchild. It's whatever I decide I, I want to talk about that given day. It's going to be sports oriented. Let's be honest. It's, it's, it's not going to be my thoughts on the, you, you know, whatever serious foreign policy, the, the debt ceiling or whatever or real life thing is going policy. on. Like, <laughs> no, it's going to be very, it's going to be pointed to sports. It's going to be just whatever I feel like talking about that day. Uh, five to 10 minute videos at most. It's not going to be our podcast because I can't talk by myself for that long. Uh, so yeah, man, I just want to put it out there. There's no ETA. There's no estimated date. Some coming summer, 2023 is the best way. Yeah. Put it. So, yeah. so there you go. That. I love there that. Make sure you guys subscribe to that because Andrew's going to keep you entertained as he always does. And he's the driving, he's a driving force of this. The driving force. Jason Aponte had the YouTube channel. I am the driving force. Easily. There we go. Um, that's all I got, man. I don't know. We talked football. Talk yep. football. I'm excited. I love it. 
Good to see you, buddy. Acknowledge our our tribal chief a thousand uh, a thousand days with the trophy. I mean, with the with the belt. But well, yeah. I think it's it's coming to an end right now. It looks like the mm -hmm. the bloodline is is splitting, and and they're gonna be the ones who wind up costing Roman Reigns eventually the, the championship. Bloodline. But a thousand, what? but a thousand days. What if Jay takes the championship? I think outside uh, the box. No. Something that's been set up since 2020. Acknowledge my tribal chief, though. The Rock comes back and takes it. Oh, Christ, man. Don't talk about <laughs> Dwayne on the podcast. Until he makes a full-time reappearance in WWE, he's Dwayne to me. Okay. That's all. That's all I got. Wrestling here on the Sprint Right Option Podcast. Yep. Jason Aponte, as always. Let's go Niners. Acknowledge my tribal chief, Roman Reigns.